Hey, a couple things just real quick. Uh, tonight, we're actually going to have worship night uh, upstairs uh, in the upstairs. Uh, upstairs. That's like really hard to. It's right up there. It's upstairs. Um, and so uh, it's at 7 o'clock. Child care will be provided for anyone five and under. And otherwise, uh, we'll kind of have all family worship. I'm looking forward to bringing my girls because I don't get a chance to. Uh, worship with them very much, so we're going to come and uh, do that together. So 7 o'clock tonight. How how many of you have filed for your tax returns yet? Anybody? Are you looking forward to a good tax return? Huh? Okay. How many of you spent so much money on Christmas, the tax return is already gone? (laughs) Yep, a few of you. Well, I want to invite you to something that I think... Uh, could change your life. Um, On March 1st, we are going to uh, have a financial peace uh, university class uh, that's going to be taught by uh, my good friend uh, Shane Brooks. And Shane will be here next week uh, to talk about that a little bit more. Um, But uh, there's a kit that you have for that and probably the best investment that you could make uh, with your tax return check, especially if you're struggling with debt or you're struggling with finances, is to invest it in that. Um, I was looking at some information. In the next 90 days, once you start it, they predict that most people will get rid of $1,000 of debt and put $1,000 in savings if you apply the principles. How many of you would like to get out of $1,000 of debt and have $1,000 savings? Look, huh? the rest of you are liars, right? Because everybody would want that, right? And so we want to help you get better with that. Two things in my spiritual life um, have changed them the most. The first was when I started my relationship with God, and uh, I gave my life to him, and life was different. The second one was when Jennifer and I made a committed effort, and we got some Christian counsel on how to get out of debt. And once that happened, uh, life was so much different. So $93, and uh, we'll talk about it next week, but you can sign up online uh, at thejar.org, or you can uh, sign up over at uh, the resource table as well. Well, I'm really looking forward to kind of concluding our prayer series, and before we jump in, uh, let me go ahead and pray for us. Let's pray. God, in these next few minutes, we're asking that your spirit would come and speak to us through your word. And your servant, God, doesn't deserve anyone to even listen to him. But I know that your spirit is deserving of everyone to listen. And so we ask now that you would come and you would move uh, in this place in such a way that we would tap into your spirit and that you would use the words of your servant to uh, honor you. So, God, come now. May you be lifted up for the rest of our worship celebration. And may we draw closer to you so that your name would be made great. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Melina Paquette is one of the strongest and uh, bravest women uh, I've ever read a story about. She's a 36-year-old Canadian And on July 6th of 2013, she decided that she was going to get in a 24-foot rowboat and she was going to row across the North Atlantic from Halifax, Canada, all the way to France. And uh, that distance is about 3,100 miles. Now, she made it. And uh, on November 12th of 2013, 129 days later, after she had capsized 10 times and had waves 10 feet high, uh, or 10 meters high, Melina Paquette became the first North American woman ever to go all the way across the North Atlantic. 3,100 miles. But a little over half of the way there, 
about that point, she realized that she didn't have enough food left to make it all the way. There had been too many storms that had come up, and she was out there by herself. She had not seen anyone for 83 days. And she's there, and the supplies are running out, and she's had some equipment failure, and she starts to lose hope. She finally radioed to the team of people that were in Canada, and this is what she said. Barring an old-fashioned miracle, this is not going to end well. Barring an old-fashioned miracle... This is not going to end well. And she said at that point, she got down on her knees in the middle of her 24-foot rowboat, and she prayed to God. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation before in your life where you've gotten to the point where you're just kind of like, barring a supernatural miracle, it's lights out that it's not going to turn out well. Maybe some of you are actually there today. You're, you're here at church mainly because you're thinking, I, I just don't know. I, I feel like I'm in the middle of some really deep stuff right now. I've had this happen a couple of times in my life. A couple of times in my life in which I was so desperate for God to move in my life in some way that I would be willing to try anything to see him move. And many of you have experienced maybe that condition before, where you're desperately in need of God to show up and to do something in your life. Well, Mylena Paquette is in the middle of the North Atlantic, and she hasn't seen anyone for almost three months And she feels extremely helpless. Now, what she didn't know was at this same time, the captain of the Queen Mary number 2, the biggest British airliner, just happened to be in the same area. And he thought, I'll just kind of stop what we're doing with all of these passengers and crew And we'll go see if we can help her out. Now at this point, Melina is exhausted. She's worn out. The provisions are running low. The equipment's not working that well. And she hasn't seen anyone for three months. But then on her VHF radio, she hears the captain of the Queen Mary say these words. Melina, help is on the way. Now, at this point, I'm sure she's probably thinking, what did I just hear? Like, really? Really? This huge British airliner is going to direct the course away from what they're doing. And all these people now are going to be late getting into port. He's going to actually move it around and come to little old me. I'm sure she thought, am I hallucinating at this point? You know, I mean, I've been on this boat, this little rowboat, far too long. But a few hours later, the 1,132-foot-long Queen Mary II arrives. 23 stories high, and it comes up, and it stops dead in the water right beside Melina and her 24-foot rowboat. They got a whole bunch of supplies together. They got the equipment that she needed. They put them in these uh, waterproof barrels, and they got them over to her little rowboat. And she gets all the provisions in her boat, and then the Queen Mary pulls away. But all 2,600 passengers and the 1,200 crew... Because they're all British, someone says, hey, come on, let's do it. And they're like, okay, let's do it. And they all yell out together, hip, hip, hooray, hip, hip, hooray. 
There's like all these people, you know, they're waving and they're whistling. And they're like, you can do it. You can do it. And she's in the middle of all of this. And she's like so overwhelmed. She reaches down and she pulls up a sign that simply says, thanks. And then later on, after the ship pulls away, there were different passengers said that they noticed that she collapsed into the rowing seat. And then she just lifted up her hands like, are you kidding me? God, are you kidding me? Like, I mean, I just shared a small little tiny prayer and the freaking Queen Mary too showed up. And you're like, I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. Can you imagine that for the rest of her life, and maybe some of you have heard this story, but for the rest of her life, she gets to share this amazing story for, with people for the rest of her life. But I was thinking about it this week, that I have hundreds and hundreds of stories that I can share with people. And it's not just about one time this Queen Mary stopped and gave me a little help. But I can tell them about the God of the universe who left heaven and came to earth and gave me the provision of his one and only son. Like, you don't need any greater provision than that. That he left heaven, the galaxies away, to come to earth. And he didn't just come to redeem me. He didn't just come to kind of give me, you know, a little boost. He didn't come and just stop and help me out and then go on his way. No, 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 no. He came in Queen Mary style, redeeming. And he came with Queen Mary provision. Like, that's the kind of provision that he gives to you and to me. And he stays alongside us, folks. He doesn't pull away and wave goodbye and leave us out there to do the rest of the trip ourselves. But he stays with us, alongside us. And not just for a day, and not just for a month, and not just for a year, but for every breathing moment of my life and every breathing moment of your life until you see the face of God. And during this season, what my hope and prayer has been is that for some of you, and if you're here for the first time, it's a great time to be here, but for you to finally really have a personal relationship with God. I hope that you realize that every time you turn to him, he comes alongside you. And he says, I'll never leave you. I'll never abandon you. I was reading uh, my scripture this morning. And uh, this was the phrase. It says, it's okay. I'm here. Do not be afraid. And I woke up this morning. I was looking at this scripture in Matthew 14. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, it's okay. I'm here. Don't be afraid. And folks, that's the truth. That's who Jesus is for you as you give your life to him. So for the rest of our life, we could simply be like Melina and be like, thank you, God. Thank you. Are you kidding me? Like you sent provision in your one and only son. He left heaven to come to earth and we could do it for the rest of our life. Now, for our time together today, what I want to talk to you about is this one big idea. And here's the idea. Cultivating gratitude is critical to a personal prayer life. Cultivating gratitude is critical to your personal prayer life. I have a feeling that if I ask any of you, how many of you would like to have a healthy prayer life? I mean, I bet every single hand. Look, people are raising hands. You don't have to, okay? But everyone would raise their hand. Like, yeah, I want that. 
And I'm telling you, the key to a healthy prayer life is gratitude. It's a thankful heart. So let's talk about gratitude and prayer. Thomas Merton, a Christian theologian, said this. I love this quote. To be grateful is to recognize the love of God in everything. Every breath we draw is a gift of his love. Every moment of our existence is a gift of his grace. And then listen to this next part. I love it. Gratitude takes nothing for granted. It is never unresponsive. The grateful person knows that God is good, not just by hearsay, but by personal experience. Not just by hearsay. That's what someone's told me, but I get it from personal experience. Paul, the guy who wrote over half of the New Testament and is considered one of Jesus' closest followers, he gave maybe the the most uh, quoted single verse on prayer when he said this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, you might circle that, with thanksgiving, with gratitude, let your request be made known to God. Here's what's, what Paul's saying. He's saying that all your prayers should be filled with gratitude. If all you ever do is ask God for stuff, if you're just like, give me, 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 and that's all your prayer life is then you're not praying intelligently. If all you ever are doing is asking God for a whole bunch of stuff, but you never thank God for the stuff that he's already done in your life, then you're not a mature prayer. But if you balance your prayer life with asking God for stuff and thanking him for all the stuff that he's already given to you, then you become a mature and an intellectual prayer. And this will eventually take place. This is what Paul says. He says, this is what's going to take place. If you do this, in the next verse, this is what he says. And the peace of God that passes human understanding will rule and reign in your heart. Have you ever experienced that before in your life? I have multiple times before. There's no feeling that's more powerful. It's like the circumstances around you, they're not changing. And you're like, okay, God, I'm going to be grateful for what you've already done. And the scripture says that when you have an attitude of gratitude, that what happens is that you receive a peace that surpasses all human understanding. It's when you take all of your concerns and you cast them to God. That's what scripture says. Cast your concerns onto him. I'm doing this with my girls right now. Our daughter, Jordan, she's struggling with some school anxiety. And so we wake up in the morning. I'm like, okay, what is it? Whatever it is, we're just like, cast it to Jesus. And <laughs> she, she started to yell too, which is kind of weird. But she like gets her concerns. And I'm like, okay, whenever you're ready to cast them, cast them. She's like, ah, like that, you know. And she wakes her sister up and other people. I'm like, come here, kid. You're messed up. It's your mom's fault, you know? Like, it's your mom's fault. But that, remember on the very first Sunday when we were talking about Moses, and that the number one prayer is help, when a little child comes and they're like, Daddy, help me. And, that, and that's the way, I don't know, the further we get along in life, the problem is we, we just stop praying like a child. And so Jordan and I are there, we're like, Ah, cast all your cares. Because let me ask you this this morning. For some of you, this is the most important thing you're going to hear. Are the concerns that you have in your life, I don't care how great they are, are the concerns that you have in your life, 
Are they better left in your hands? Or are they better left to be placed into God's hands? And you get to choose. I don't know about you, but I'm like, Jordan, come on. Let's throw it. Let's cast our cares. Let's give our burdens to him. And when that happens, there is a peace that surpasses all understanding. Well, back to Milena Paquette. Let's say that she almost gets to France. She's only, let's say, 100 miles away. And she's really, really close at this point. And all of a sudden, a storm comes up, and it pushes her out like another two or 300 miles. And she's out there. And she's frustrated, and her arms are worn out, and the supplies are running low again. And let's just imagine that in that, point, in, in that moment, she cries out to God, God, I need your help. Just get me to shore. I don't want to die in the ocean. God, help. Is that a legitimate prayer? You know, first celebration was kind of like what some of you just did. Is that a legitimate prayer? And you just sit there like this. If you're in the ocean, folks, and you don't see anybody for like all these days, and you're about ready to die, any prayer's legitimate, right? Like it doesn't matter. But would a better prayer be something like this? God, I'm at this place again. But I know you've taken care of me before. And I know that you can send a Queen Mary because I remember when you did before. And so I want to thank you and I'm going to praise you and I'm going to give thanks to you for how amazing of a God you are because you answered my prayers in the past. And if you've done it in the past, I'm just believing right now, God, even if I don't see it changing, I'm believing right now that you're going to answer this in the future. Now, which one's the better prayer? The second prayer, right? It's the one where we give gratitude to God first and where we remind ourselves what he's already done before. Uh, I found this great quote, uh, and uh, it's, it's by Bill Hybels, and it'll come up on the side. But he says, when you think about prayer, this is the concept to remember. Every time you express gratitude to God for something he's already done in your life, it solidly reinforces in your mind that he's fully capable of doing it the next time you have a need. Let that sit in for a while. We'll leave it up there because at the first celebration, people were writing it down as fast as they could. Every time you express gratitude to God for something he's already done in your life, it solidly reinforces in your mind that he's fully capable, he's fully capable of doing it the next time that you have a need. This past Tuesday, uh, my wife Jennifer had to work real late, and uh, she didn't get home until uh, 7.30. And so uh, I knew it was my job to take care of the kids. And so uh, from late afternoon, early evening, I was doing all the kids' stuff, and both of our girls are doing gymnastics. And so on Tuesdays, uh, we take them to gymnastics. And so we get to gymnastics, and they do their whole gymnastics thing, and then they both have gotten to this very, my kids are just weird. But anyways, they, they got in this weird habit. They'll come over to me after they've done gymnastics, and they're like, Dad, could you take my socks off? <laughs> like, I was telling Jen, if we want to teach birth control to some of our teenage girls, give them stinky, sweaty, five-year-old and seven-year-old socks. Just put it like right there. That will prevent some things, you know. But they come over there and they do that. So I go ahead. I get the socks. I'm like, okay, let's get the socks. Then we start heading home. And, you know, I'm thinking that gymnastics should actually, like, help kids to wind down, not get wound up. But it's totally the opposite. They're in the back. They're yelling. They're screaming. They're singing. And, you know, all of a sudden my patience is getting less and less. We finally get home and they get in there and they start doing all that. And then we have to find food to, you know, take care of them. Folks, I not only am not a good cook, I'm not even a good warmer upper. Like, I don't even do, like, microwaves very well, okay? And so all this is going on. And I don't know if you've ever had this before. Have you ever been a silent complainer? 
Like you're sitting there and all of a sudden you just start complaining like in your head. You don't say it out loud, but just like in your head. It's, some of you are so holy this morning like, oh, no, <laughs> not been there. Boy, our pastor's messed up, you know, I mean, no. But, you know, the, the truth is that it really, we do that, don't you? And so I'm sitting there and I'm frustrated and all of a sudden the kids are running around I'm like, the kids are driving me crazy. You know, I just can't stand it. And I'm like, and where's Jen? She was supposed to be here at like 6.30 and it's an hour later and now I'm having to do all the food. And now I'm behind with my teaching and work's not going well. And there's like all this complaining attitude that I have. Now recently, we've, um, we did a little remodeling to our kitchen and Jennifer bought some plaques and I, I hadn't looked at them. And I'm at the table, I got the table set and I'm just like trying not to lose it. And I look up, and this is what I saw. Dear God, I want to take a minute not to ask for anything from you, but simply thank you for all I have. And it was like in that moment that the Holy Spirit used this plaque, and it was like, I don't know what Jen paid for that, okay? But I wouldn't care what she paid for it because it changed my attitude all around. And all of a sudden I stopped and I was like, I've got so much more than just one thing to be thankful for. I started thanking God for the health of my two kids. There's a lot of parents that have kids that are so, you know, they're dealing with health issues and mental issues and all that kind of stuff. And, and I don't have that. I think of little kids in Syria right now. And you think about them. And here I am, I'm upset because they're running around being kids. And then I went ahead and I started thanking God for my wife. 20 years of marriage. And her getting home safely. I started thanking God for all the food that he's ever prepared and placed on it. 25,000 people, folks, will die today because of lack of food and proper water. 25,000. And I've got more than enough food. And I'm thanking God for that. And then I would. I, I threw this and I'm like, and God, please help me to serve this food so my kids don't get sick. You know? Because <laughs> I don't I, I'm clueless. I really am. I'm pathetic. That's what I am. I like need help. I really do. And uh, all of a sudden it just like changed. And all that changed, folks, was I turned away from being so complaining and self-centered, and I saw this little plaque, and all of a sudden gratitude came into my head, and it changed the whole night. And we had a fantastic night uh, throughout that. Now, let me be honest. There are other times the kids are doing that, a lot like last night. Last night, as a parent, I was about at a C, just average. And uh, I yelled at my youngest daughter, and I felt horrible. And her little cheeks, uh, she was down there. And I was like, honey, I'm sorry, you know, that I yelled at you. When you yell at me, I don't think you're my best buddy anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, look at, oh, uh. <laughs> Oh, I forgot. Yeah, we're talking to the perfect parent club here today. Yeah, <laughs> But my household is always like Tuesday night. It was, a, it was not the best thing, and there's sometimes. But I'll tell you what. On Tuesday night, it was like gratitude grabbed me. It was like gratitude reached down and grabbed me and said, turn it around. Turn it around. Now, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I shared with you that I have a really hard time praying. Uh, I have a hard time being focused in my prayer. I get very, very distracted. Gratitude, though, when we're grateful to God, what happens is it begins to change us, and our attitude actually becomes his attitude. Uh, there's a scripture that says we should have the attitude of Christ, and what happens is when we start being grateful to him, our attitude changes, and, and we start reflecting, we start modeling his attitude. And so... Uh, in my prayer time, I've had to learn how to be more grateful. And, and secondly, I've had to learn that, that I get very distracted in my prayers. 
And sometimes what will uh, transpire is that I'll, you know, start praying and I'll be like, uh, dear God. And then all of a sudden I'll start thinking about all the things that I have to do, you know, throughout the rest of the day. And then I'll start thinking about some problems that I got to take care of. And then I got to think about, you know, pressures that I'm feeling like pressing in on me. And if I'm in, you know, I've, I've shared this before, but if I'm looking out in our backyard and we have a lot of squirrels, I'll be like, squirrel, you know, and like here I am trying to connect with God and I'm just looking all over the place. And so I shared with you, it's kind of embarrassing, but, but I've had to learn, some of you might be able to pray and you're fine, but I've had to learn that I have to write my prayers down if I'm going to stay focused. And so a couple of weeks ago, I gave you guys a formula, an acronym, and uh, we'll put it up here. Uh, it's just pray, P-R-A-Y, and the first is praise, that sense of thankfulness, of gratitude to God. And then you repent. Uh, you, you actually say you're sorry, and then you want to change. Like, today I'm not going to yell at the five-year-old, okay? We're going to be best buddies, and we're going to have fun together. And so I want to change. Uh, a lot of people want to say they're sorry to God. They just never want to change. I want to change. And then you ask God whatever you need to ask, and then finally you yield. You take some time just to listen uh, to him. Now, this is one of the things that's really cool about uh, the benefit of journaling or writing your prayers down. And the benefit is is that you can go back and you can look at it. And I'll do that every once in a while. I'll go back six months and I'll read and, and I'll see something. I've done this recently. I'll see like a big problem that was going on in the church and, and I was thinking, oh, at that time. And God took care of that problem. Just took six months, but, but, but God took care of it. It was no problem at all. I'll look back three months and I'll be like, oh, man, remember when you were so worried and concerned and fretted? That's what they say in the South. You know what I mean? I love it. Sometimes the thing I love about uh, my mom's side of the family, they come up with words that just are more than anxious, worried, fretted. You know, are you fretted? And, uh, uh, you know, all of a sudden I'll look back three months and I'll be like, whoa, I was so anxious. And that was a dumb thing to worry about. Like. It's really been taken care of. Or I'll look back for a month and I'll be like, oh, I remember when I was praying for my friend or I was praying for someone here in the church. And, and look what God's done uh, in their life in this last month. So many times I'll look back in my journal and God has already met those needs. And then when I'm praying, you know, in the recent, in the, in the present, then I'm able to be like, oh, God. You've already been faithful six months ago for this and three months that and one month for that. And now here's another thing that I believe you're going to be faithful in. And so I'm asking you, God, right now. And folks, this is a powerful way to build faith in your prayer life. You know, in the Old Testament, uh, one of the things they did was when, when God would ever do like a real big miracle, like something amazing, uh, the leaders of Israel would come uh, to the workers and say, hey, uh, we need to make a gratitude altar. In other words, uh, get some wood, get some stone, whatever, and we're going to just make an altar of gratitude for how God came through in this time. And the whole point was, was as they built these, that generations later, when you would be walking with your children and you'd go by one of these altars of gratitude, your kids might say, hey, mom, dad, like, what's that monument? And then as a parent, you'd be able to say, oh, oh, son, oh, daughter, let me tell you about the time that God kind of like moved in and took care of us in this way. When the one time when we were running away from Egypt and the Egyptians were hot on our trail and we get to uh, the Red Sea and we're thinking we're dead, we're done and all of a sudden God like opens up the Red Sea and we go across it and we get across and the enemies are behind us and then all of a sudden he let the waters come back. Let's put a gratitude altar there. When he divided the river, one day he actually sent manna from heaven. Like we were out in the middle of the wilderness, we thought we were going to die and God sent bread to us. That was a rock right there, kids, where uh, we touched it and water came out of it. And he defeated the enemy right there. And then all of a sudden what happens is uh, the younger kids would kind of be like, hmm, 
Like, if God did that during my parents' time, or my grandparents' time, or my great-grandparents' time, maybe he could do it right now. That's why I love our middle school and high school kids, because I want them to know that as they're going through this thing called life, that they don't just go through it making their own history. History's already been made, and God wants to do something great in your life if you're a middle school or high school student. And altars of gratitude then kind of pop up all over the place in the Middle East, and they helped everyone's faith. You see, folks, gratitude and faith are inseparable. They are bound together in the spiritual world. And that's why I'm not ashamed to directly say uh, this morning this, that every time you pray, every single time you pray, pray with thanksgiving to God. Just say, God, before I ask you for a whole bunch of stuff, and you know God does say, ask for stuff. He's, Jesus said this in Matthew 7, 7. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. He said, come ask. I want you to. Ask me. And so he says, ask for stuff. But also, before you start anything else, thank him for all the stuff that you already have. I want to thank you for meeting me one more time. Because just like the Queen Mary came to that little rowboat, God comes to us time and time again. And I'm going to thank you for staying alongside me, God. And I'm expressing gratitude that you don't walk away. You don't leave me. You don't leave me hanging, regardless of the circumstances that are going on in my life. And I can expect that you're going to be faithful once again. And then after you make that ask, the minute after you make the ask, it's exactly what Paul said. The peace that surpasses all understanding rules and reigns in your life. And then all of a sudden you can say, now God, it's in your hands. It's in your hands. And is there any better hands to place your concerns in than God's? Is there? No. Well, we have so much to be grateful here uh, as people. Uh, We have so much to be grateful as a church. We have so much to be grateful as families. And what would it look like if every single one of us this week, whenever we prayed to God, that before we went into asking him for things, we actually prayed for gratitude. We thanked him for things. Like, what would happen to our church? What would happen to our families? What would happen to your life if you started with gratitude? You know, the one thing that I'm most grateful for in this church is changed lives. I love to see people come and their lives become changed. And sometimes people come and it takes a little bit longer and they work on some things. Sometimes it's immediate. But one of the joys that I have the most is when I get to baptize people. Because there's that moment where there's this real sense that they're changed. I'm I'm giving my one and only life to Christ. And so uh, for me, baptism, you know, is is really a great moment. Now, on March 1st, just in case you were wondering, uh, I'm going to be teaching a baptism class. So on March 1st, we'll have a baptism class. And if you've never been baptized before, I don't know why you wouldn't do it. Um, that's kind of like one of those altars of gratitude of saying, God, this is a time I'm giving my one and only life uh, to you. And so I hope that many of you will do that. You can sign up online at thejar.org. You can sign up at the resource table. But I hope that if you haven't, that you'll say, hey, March 1st, I'm just going to be here. Because to me, folks, there's nothing better than changed lives. And so uh, Mikey kind of put together a short video that I'd like you to watch of close to the 37 people that were baptized in 2014 and look at the change in their faces and their lives of what God's done. Let's take a look. Build your kingdom here. Let the darkness fear. Show your mighty hand. Heal our streets. 
Isn't that like freaking cool, man? And that is so much better than any Queen Mary that will ever come by. And so I was thinking, uh, kind of like, how could we end our celebration? Um, And when you walked in today in your program, you should have received a little circle that looks like this. So if you could pull that out. Uh, that'd be great. And if you need one, just raise your hand uh, because it'll be important. You can raise your hand now, you know, and no one will see you because we just turned the lights off. So uh, that's fine. Uh, just raise your hand. We'll get it to you. Just keep it up, and uh, we'll pass those out to you. But what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to take uh, the pen that's uh, maybe in front of you. There's a pen right here. And what I'd like you to do is to write down what you're most grateful to God for. And so like for me, I'm going to write down change lives um, because for me, uh, that's what I'm, I'm most grateful for. Not only my own life, um, but the lives um, that I get to uh, be a part of. And for you, it might not be changed lives. Maybe for some of you, it's God's love. It's like his love. And you'd take that sticker and uh, you'd come up and you'd, You'd put it up there that it's his love that you're most grateful for. Or maybe for some of you, it's your family. And you would just write down family and you'd go up and you'd, you'd just place it uh, on either one of these walls. Or maybe you're most thankful for forgiveness. You'd write that down. Or, or maybe it would be, uh, you know, your small group or Celebrate Recovery or uh, this church. Um, And regardless of the circumstances in your life right now, there's something to be grateful for. And maybe that would just be the thing that would move you a little bit. And I was just thinking that in kind of a way like Israel did, then we would have these like two altars of gratitude of uh, celebrating what God has done in our life. So um, Derek's going to play a little bit. And then uh, I'd invite you whenever you're done just to uh, go ahead And to walk up to uh, either one of these walls of gratitude and uh, to just be able to put it right there and to actually express how you are grateful to God for what he's doing. And then come back to your seats and we'll close with a a great song about uh, God's blessing uh, in our lives. So whenever you're ready, just go on up to the walls.
Would you guys make your way back to your seats? You guys can stand with us. We just close to this last song. There's a Lord on my soul, oh, my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing I never before, oh, my soul. Worship Your holy name. The song comes on. It's a new day dawn. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be seen when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship Him. to worship your God. And I was just thinking about, we, we have these two walls that we went and posted something on, but I know some of you like to post on other walls a whole lot. And I see these all the time. So this week, this is what I want you to do. If God has answered a prayer in your life over the last six weeks, it might be a little thing, it might be a big thing, it might be an in-between thing, anything that you have, I'd like you to go to our JAR Facebook uh, page and post what you're grateful for and what prayer God answered in your life. And as we kind of end our prayer series, I'm going to invite our prayer team to come up, and so they'll be up here. They'd love uh, to pray with you uh, for anything, so when you come up, Uh, They would love to do that. And um, I was just praying today that maybe for some of you, like you haven't seen the Queen Mary come into your life yet and like save you in a way. And I was just thinking that maybe for some of you, today would be the first day that you could give your one and only life to Christ. Like you would make a moment of saying, I'm having a gratitude altar today 
to say I'm giving my one and only life to Christ. And if you'd like prayer for anything, come on up here. These folks would love to pray with you. But if you're ready to make that decision today, if you're like, man, I saw those people getting baptized and I want some of God in my life, whatever that is, I'll be right over here at this table. I'd love to pray with you. And we have a Bible we'll give you and kind of help you uh, with the tool. But uh, let's close in prayer. And remember, worship night uh, tonight, uh, 7 o'clock. And uh, let's just pray. God, you pulled up like the Queen Mary to each of us at different times. And maybe today, God, we walked into this place and we feel like we're in that 24-foot rowboat and the waves are high and we can't even hardly... It took everything we had to even walk into this place today. But God... You don't just send a Queen Mary and then it pulls away and goes off, but you sent your one and only son. And he's right here, right now. And for some of us, what we need is to just take a moment of prayer as we close this series. Maybe we'll pray at our seat. Maybe we'll come up and and seek prayer. Maybe today's the day where we're like, I'm saying the prayer to allow Christ to be in my life. But God, would you uh, do whatever you want to do with your Holy Spirit so that lives would be changed? God, today we bless you, our souls, for 10,000 reasons, and we could even go more of how good you are to us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great week.